Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. I want to talk about a subject this morning that is, is defines what our belief is. And if you're taking notes and writing down this, the title this morning, I want to talk about the precious blood of Jesus. This is fundamental 101 of our belief this morning. And uh, this is, I want to show you some things in the scriptures. We're going to take communion today as well. We had a great first service. This is what gives us our healing. This is what gives us our deliverance. This is what gives us breakthrough is the power of the precious blood of Jesus. Now, blood sounds weird to talk about in church. It seems messy. You know, the blood is messy. How many know blood is messy? Bloody, bloody things is a weird thing to talk about in church, but it is everything to our, our belief. And I remember coming in, I was telling someone between services, at growing up in a church where they sang about that, that song that was at the altar, or at the offering, sorry, about the power of the blood of Jesus. And I, and I grew up hearing about the blood of Jesus. And then when I came into this fellowship, a Victory World Outreach. One of the reasons I stayed and fell in love with this fellowship is because I heard the preaching on the blood of Jesus. Amen. And by the time you leave this place this morning, I want you to be in love and thankful and have a better understanding about the blood of Jesus. One thing, we're going to be in Genesis in just a moment, chapter 3. But one thing I was thinking about, I know we've got some nurses in here, some people who studied uh, medicine and some smart people, smarter than me. But I I look at the the human body and I get amazed at how God makes this thing work. You know, 45 seconds to a minute, every 45 seconds to a minute, all the blood in our body flows through this, this body of ours. And there's over, this is a crazy thing I read, 60,000 miles long, if we were to add up all the, all the veins and arteries in our body, is how much we have running through. That's kind of almost unfathomable, isn't it? To think about how much blood is being pumped by this heart, and that any moment, at any second, this pump can stop. How many are thankful that your pump's pumping? Amen, that you woke up this morning and God gave you breath, and every time we take a breath and every time we, our heart beats, it's a miracle. I was talking to my father-in-law yesterday about an egg, and we were just admiring creation and talking about how only a fool says in their heart there is no God. And an egg is a very interesting thing. For one, it's one of the best examples in the, in the world for the Trinity. If you've ever wondered, how does the Trinity work? How is God three in one and one in three? Well, just crack open an egg, and you'll see the Trinity. you got the shell, you got the white, and they got the yellow all together in one. And one and three. It's a perfect picture of the Trinity. And also, you think about that egg. That shell is pretty strong. And that shell holds that egg together. But it's also, at the same time that it's strong, it's also fragile. If that egg cracks, it's broken, it's hurt, and it's a lot like our bodies. How many know our bodies are pretty strong? They can withstand a lot. But at the same time, our bodies are very fragile. And if with the very slightest wrong place in the head or wrong place in the body, we can be, we can be done just like that. That's how life is. That's how fragile everything is. And everything comes back to blood. How many know we cannot live without blood this morning? Blood is one thing that you cannot copy. You cannot, doctors can't make it up. They can't, they can't invent it. It's something that comes straight from God, and I want us to realize how precious it is this morning. Going back to Genesis 3, I want to give you some important lead-in right here. How many sinners do I have in this place this morning? People who have made mistakes. 
I think all of us, amen, are raising our hands. We all fall short of the glory of, the God, of God, the Bible says. It started in the Garden of Eden, and I want to show you a picture of religion. And then I want to show you a picture of salvation right in Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve have been deceived. The snake has come in and said, if you eat of that tree, it's not going to hurt you. It's going to open your eyes. And how many know the devil was right? It opened their eyes. They fell. They ate of that tree. They made the mistake, sin entered the world, and immediately once they ate of the tree, the Bible says in that same chapter that their eyes were opened, and all of a sudden they realized that they were naked. They had no clothes on before the fall. And once they sinned and realized they were naked, they did what religion does for 6,000 years until today, and it still exists today. They made up their own way to cover their sins. They went and grabbed some fig leaves and they covered themselves because they didn't want to see each other and they didn't want God to see them that they had made a mistake. That's what religion does. Today, all over the world, people are finding ways to cover up their sins that are not biblical ways. So God comes along and says, no, that's not right, and he makes the first animal sacrifice. How many in here have ever wondered, why blood? Why animal sacrifices? I'm going to give you an answer this morning from the scriptures. They tried to make their own religion, their own covering, and God said, this is how it's going to be done. So he goes and sacrifices an animal, and as he kills that animal, blood flows. Then he skins the animal, and he makes co uh, 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 clothes for them out of animal skin. And Genesis 3.17 shows us right here what happens in the New Living Tra Translation. God, the Lord, made, clo uh, made um, clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. And so that was the first shed of blood. From that moment forward, there had to be blood shed for covering up of our sins. That word cover is going to be really important this morning. Because that's exactly what needed to happen once they mistake, made the mistake. They had to cover their sins. So if you're taking notes, write that word down, to cover. Now, I want to pick up in the book of Romans chapter 4. And I want to show you some really powerful scriptures this morning. And this is going to be verses 7 and 8. I just asked you a second ago, how many have sinned? How many have fallen short? How many have made mistakes? How many today are thankful that you're forgiven? Maybe you're here and you don't even know you're forgiven. Well, if you don't, you can know by the time this service is over. Romans says, blessed are those. By the way, if you're a new believer and you haven't read the book of John, read it. And if you haven't read the book of Romans, read it. Romans is so key, and that's the, Roman, the road to salvation right there of how to be saved. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven. All, all of us make lawless deeds. All of us make mistakes. All of us sin. You can try to be the best person in the world in here today, and you're still lawless. You're lost without God. It's not about being a good person. It's about understanding that we fail and we're not good enough. And we're blessed this morning because our sins are forgiven. And then watch this. Whose sins are what? Covered. I want you to, I want you to get this understanding in your mind that a covering comes over us that keeps God from seeing our sins. You have to understand, how many know that we probably can't really understand in our minds truly how holy God is? How holy God is. How perfect God is. He's so holy that as much as he loves us and humanity that he made us in his own image, he cannot look on us in our sin nature. 
He has to be able to look at something that is not us. And something has to cover our sins. That's why this says whose sins are covered. And then this is even a greater thing. These are two verses that are so powerful. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Now, I know that's kind of a big word, so I'm going to help you this morning. You don't maybe know what impute means. It's blessed is the man whose sin is not held against them. How many are thankful today that all the things we've made mistakes on, if we were standing here today and we had a hope to go to heaven, but it had to do with our, our help and our helping each other to get to heaven, we'd be in trouble. We're blessed today because God made a way to be forgiven of our sins. God made a way to cover us so we could be protected from our sin nature. Now listen to this. Life is in the blood if you're taking notes. There's, there's a very interesting thing. I mentioned this in the first service, and I want you to stay with me on this for a second. I don't have the total facts on this in the sense of whenever I try to tell you something, I like to try to f- test it out in several places that I find to make sure it's true. There's a lot of evidence for this, but I can't tell you with total, total assurance that this is true because there's people who say it's not, but sometimes you wonder if the people who say it's not are people who don't want it to be true. But there was a man back in the 60s and 70s, I think his last name was Wyatt, I think his name was Ron, and he was an archaeologist. Now just bear with me on what he says, he's the one that said it, but I believe it could very well be true. He believes archaeologically that the Ark of the Covenant, which they have not found yet, it could possibly be under Golgotha, which is the place of the skull where Jesus was crucified. And so he says that when the earthquake happened, when Jesus rose from the dead, or or sorry, died on the cross, there was a great earthquake, and his blood was shed on his body, that it went down to the ground, and it went into a crevice of of the earthquake, and went all the way down below where the Ark of the Covenant is hidden, and the blood fell on the mercy seat. That can be possible. I'm not telling you for sure it is. I'm telling you what this archaeologist says. How many have heard of the Shroud of Turin? And I may be saying that wrong. The Shroud of Turin is the burial cloth that Jesus was buried in. This is a garment that they have in in a museum. And basically they say that when he was buried, and we know he was buried, and when he rose from the dead... The, the rays of power and light, can you imagine the rays of power and light that came off of that resurrection? The sun, amen, Jesus himself, God himself illuminated that room and before Jesus came out of the tomb and they, he was in burial clothes. Well, they say that the shroud of Turin is the burial cloth that he was buried in. And if you've ever seen a picture of it, it looks real. I mean, I, I, again, I'm not God to say if it's real or if it's a replica or if it's fake but many believe that it is. I believe it's very possible that it could be the burial cloth that he was buried in. It shows a very dismembered face. It shows all the things of characteristics of the man, Jesus, that was crucified. Even shows his arms crossed with nails, a nail in, a hole in his hand and in his feet and, and inside where, his, where the spear would have gone through. And they said that they found, this same man said they found blood on the shroud of Turin or his burial cloth. Now, how many know we all have DNA in here this morning? All of us have DNA. It's like that fingerprint. It's what marks us. But in the last 50 to 100 years, technology has come along in a great way. 
and allowed us to learn things that we didn't know before. And now they can take DNA and they can track it back to its original you know, beginning and, and, and know all kinds of stuff. And so this man says something very interesting. Again, I'm only quoting him. But he says that when he got this blood from the Shroud of Turin, he took it to a place to get tested. Now, when blood is out of the body, it is no longer alive. It is dead. And so it should not have active chromosomes in it. But this man says in his studies that when they took it to the place in Israel to get it tested, that the blood came back as alive after 2,000 years. That the blood outside of it, being on the Shroud of Turin, still had life and chromosomes in it. But he also said that a normal person has 46 chromosomes, 23 from the male and 23 from the female, which makes up this, and, and whatever's more dominant makes up the, whether it's male or female. They said that in this finding of this particular blood, they only found 24, but 23 of them for, were female and one was male. Anybody know where that's going? Whether it's true or not, and I believe it could very well be true, it's very interesting. Because that is exactly what the blood of Jesus would look like because he would not have had a father. He would have only had a mother. He's the only person in the history of the world who was born of a virgin, born of the Holy Spirit. And church, that reason that he was born of the Holy Spirit and conceived by the Holy Spirit and not born of man is the reason that we today are part of what is called salvation and part of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ because no one else in the history of the world has ever been born without that sin nature in them but Jesus. Amen. How many are thankful that we serve a God who is truth this morning? And we know that the Bible says, let God be truth and every man be a liar. And so we understand that the way this man made this say, whether it's true or not, whether that's really his blood, whether it was really a test, whether it was fake or real, we know that if we saw Jesus' blood today, that's how it would be made up. Because he had God the Father only, and that Y chromosome would have came from him, and there would have been no male trace in his body. And that is why today we have the precious blood of Jesus. So even thousands of years before scientists understood the complex uh, properties of blood, they, they, the Bible 6,000 years ago made this statement in Leviticus 17, the life is in the blood. That's a statement from Leviticus. If you haven't read, someone was telling me between services, they've gone back and started over and read Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus, and now they're in Numbers. If you haven't read those, those books, you need to read them. You know why? Because they show us what grace is. Those books show us the things that had to happen before for salvation to happen. Today we are under what's called the age of grace. Is anybody thankful for that? But listen, in ancient Israel, blood was not a metaphor it was a symbol for life. It had that much meaning. It was equivalent to life itself. In the place of the Bible where blood was shed, it would mean life was ended. And so in their understanding, to remove blood is to terminate life. Now I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. And these verses I'm giving you this morning, church, I want to say this again, are fundamental to our faith. You can have a lot of things wrong in your faith, but you cannot have the understanding of the blood of Jesus wrong. You cannot have understanding of the cross wrong. These are things that are fundamental to our salvation and our eternity. Can I get an amen? 
Now, ESV English Standard Version of this verse says, Indeed, under the law, and how many, by the way, are thankful we're not under the law? Two people, two smart people back there, all right? Do I have any smart people over here? All right? We're not under the law. That means we don't have to sacrifice animals for our sins. That means we don't have to trust in a priest or a man to go into the Holy of Holies for us. And, and, and on and on and on and on, okay? We're under the grace. Jesus came and did it once and for all for everybody. But it's going back and talking about the Old Testament. It says, under the law, almost everything was purified by what? Blood. And here's key. This is one of the first things I learned when I got saved. And as I began to start studying the Bible and get my, my, my ministry started and, and learn the Bible. And, and I, was, I, went to, I went to school online. It was when online had just started. And I, I didn't go to a Bible school, but I did school online. It was one of the first things I learned was this. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. That's discipleship 101 right there. And the truth is, maybe some of you in here have never heard that or, or, or don't know that. It's key to our faith. Without the shedding of blood. Why? Because God said so. That's why. That they made a mistake in the garden, and he killed an animal, and he made animal skins, and shed, blood was shed. And he said, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission or forgiveness of sins. How many sinners, again, do I have in here? How many people that make stakes, mistakes? How many know we need forgiveness? The only way to be forgiven, according to the Bible, is by the precious blood of Jesus. Alone. Amen. Now, I want to go back to Exodus chapter 12 and explain the Passover. That's something that we celebrate specifically more than any other time at Easter. We're celebrating the Passover of, of Jesus becoming the Passover lamb. But this is important. Exodus chapter 12. When, when they were in this part of the, of, the, of the time of the Bible, the Israelites were, were trying to get out of Egypt. Moses is leading them. He's going to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's making his heart hard, and he's bringing all the, God's bringing all these plagues on the people. And at one point he says, I'm about to send judgment to Israel and everybody in the city. I'm about to send judgment to all those people, and whoever is, is prepared can get out of the judgment. Whoever's not will be judged. How many know in our nation judgment is coming? How many know that the wrath of God is coming to our nation? How many are sick and tired of seeing the things go on in this earth, in our in our country, especially that are going on? Two or three people are sick of it. The judgment of God is coming to this nation. Amen. He's going to fix what's wrong. All these things that we see that make our necks hurt from shaking our heads, God's going to fix it. Amen. His his He's not going to let that stuff go. And this is the same thing that was happening in the, in the Old Testament. And He said, "I'm going to send the death angel." And when I send that death angel, you need to prepare. You can go back and read what they had to do to prepare this sacrifice. And then you're going to take that blood. He says, when I come through, I'm going to strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. How many know when God says he's going to do something, he's going to do it? And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. And he says, I am the Lord. Now. Here's the key, the precious blood of Jesus. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. This is, so, this is fundamental to our faith. 
And he says, what I told you a few minutes ago, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I will not strike judgment on your house. This should make every Christian in this place thankful this morning and happy this morning. Amen. That when God sees the blood, he passes over. Amen. Church, we are worthy of judgment. We are worthy of paying the price for our sins. you under, You got to understand how thankful we need to be that we are not under that curse anymore because of our faith, not in our works, not in what we can do, not in how good our church is or how bad our country is or how good our family is, but because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross for our salvation. That's the only reason. Amen. And he says, when I see that blood, I will pass over. And the plague shall not strike you or destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is key to our faith. Ephesians chapter 1, listen to this. In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. I want to stop right there for a second. You know one sometimes why we don't get excited about songs or a message is because we haven't realized recently enough by reading God's word how lost we were. We haven't realized how, how, in, how bad of a place we were in. We haven't thought lately how, what eternity was going to look like without Jesus. How many know we need to look in the mirror sometimes and remind ourselves what a, what a, what a good God we have the goodness of God, amen, the mercy of God. I deserve, I can't speak for you, but I deserve hell. I deserve condemnation. I deserve to be separated from God. I can't get anywhere close to God in my human nature, but I thank God that he made a way for me to have a relationship with him and to be forgiven by him and to be able to stand in his presence and say I'm a child of the king and I can sing about the goodness of God. I looked around and saw some of the people people on the praise team at these services and looking around with people with tears in their eyes. When was the last time you weeped or cried listening to a song because you realized how good God was to you when you don't deserve it? Amen. How many know we don't deserve it this morning? And sometimes if we don't stop and think about the penalty that was waiting for us, we can't understand what redemption means. But when you've been bound when we was talking to someone after the first service who just, just came by, in, by invite and broken, lost, and bound by sin, wanting to change their life. And I know that they can change their life just like all of us have. But they don't know it when they first come in. Amen. They don't know that their life can change. But around this place, we have miracles. We have testimonies all over this place of what the blood of Jesus has done in a person's life. Amen. How many people have a testimony this morning? Of what Jesus has done in your life. Redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. When was the last time you thought of some of the sins you've committed? Probably recently. Because we have an accuser who reminds us. We have a devil who lies to us. I'm telling you, I mentioned this Wednesday night. Don't think just because you've been serving God for a while, the devil's going to let you off. He's going to leave you alone. If you're going to do something for God, the devil's going to attack you. We got to Costa Rica, and that very first night, man, the devil was waiting for me. 
I had a horrible first night. I had spiritual warfare in that room that I had to fight through. And let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. The devil's a good liar. How many know the devil knows what he's doing? I'm not trying to give him glory. I'm trying to get you to understand we have a real enemy this morning who hates your guts and wants you to spend eternity in hell with him. And he knows how to manipulate. He's been doing it for thousands of years. And I've been waiting for this moment to say this. I didn't say it in the first service. I've mentioned it to a few people. But I, I was uh, watching a, a, a documentary. And uh, how many have heard of The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel? If you haven't seen that on, 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 on uh, Pure Flix or you haven't seen that, that movie or read the book, go read it. It's powerful. He came out with another one called Case for Heaven. And it, I, in my opinion, it wasn't as good as The Case for Christ. But you can always get something out of something. Amen. And I was listening to this man talk about heaven and different things. And what got me at the end was I I heard something I've never heard before. And I I believe this is for me and for you and a whole bunch of people this morning. It's going to help you. I'm listening to this and he starts to talk about it near the end of the the documentary about a a man that many of you know who he is in this place named Luis, Luis Palau. He was basically the Billy Graham of Latin America. He did humongous crusades. Uh, all over Central, South America, Mexico. And like I said, he, he had that kind of testimony, like built, just huge, huge crusades, many million people saved. And he lived to be into his late 80s or even early 90s. And in this thing, he's interviewing Luis Palau because Luis Palau has been diagnosed with cancer. Church, it doesn't matter how much we serve God, we live in a real world and, and godly people get cancer. And, and, and bad things happen to good people. And good things happen to bad people. We live in a world where the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And this man was diagnosed with cancer and they gave him like six months to live. So he's interviewing, Lee Strobel's interviewing Luis Palau. And he says, what has the Lord showed you as you've been facing your mortality? When, the, when you're at that age and they give you cancer, I mean, you can't live forever. He realized his time was short. He said, what's the Lord showing you? What it, and he said, as I began to pray, he says, I began to get attacked by the devil about whether I was good enough to go to heaven or not. This is a man who's given his entire life to God. And he began to get attacked. And he said, I'm going to tell you the one thing that God showed me that will help you as a believer. He says, if the, devil did not, if the devil had the audacity and the boldness to tempt Jesus Christ himself, you think he's not going to come and tempt a believer? Church, we need to remember that. Because I, sometimes we can be doing everything right. We can be living a holy life. We can be living a righteous life. We can give our entire lives to God. And the enemy, the accuser, can still come and tell you, you're not good enough. You're not, you're not saved. You're not holy enough. I know I'm talking to somebody in here, but that's not God. That's the devil. And if the devil was bold enough to go to Jesus Christ himself, you don't think he's going to come tempt you? Of course he is. But you need to learn to look him back in his eyes and say, everything you're saying is right, but I have a Savior named Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. But Jesus shed his blood for me, and I'm saved because of the blood of Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. And you win that battle with the word of God just like Jesus did. Every time the devil tempted him, he said, it is written. When was the last time you told the devil, it is written, when he's tempting you? 
to be redeemed is the purchase back of something that has been lost. Church, this is, the, this is it right here. A lot of, I believe a lot of people today in the world we live in, in the church world, don't understand their salvation because they haven't had a revelation of what lost is. They don't, haven't had a picture of what hell looks like. They haven't had an understanding what eternity really is. When you get a glimpse of eternity and a glimpse of hell, you realize how lost you are. It makes that salvation really pure and really awesome and really precious. So Jesus is our redeemer, and he purchases back something that's been lost by the payment of a ransom. When somebody gets kidnapped all over the world, it happens all the time. They take that person because that person's family has money. They say, we would call and we'll give them back if you give this amount of money. The devil stole God's plan for our life in the garden, and he has given a ransom to God. And there was a ransom that had to be paid, and Mark 10, 45 tells us that our precious Savior paid it. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. How many believe that Jesus paid our ransom this morning? How many believe that Jesus paid our ransom this morning? Amen. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to get this if you don't get anything else as I begin to wrap this up this morning. Taking notes, write this down please. This is key. I've mentioned it several times, but you got to get this. You'll never understand how precious the blood of Jesus is if you don't understand this. This is very important. I wrote it so big that I can stand back here and still read it if that tells you anything. This is how we know our salvation has nothing. Can somebody shout nothing? Nothing to do with works. This is how we know our salvation has nothing to do with our goodness. This is how we know that our salvation has nothing to do with us being worthy. The Bible tells us we're not worthy. The Bible tells us our righteousness is like filthy rags. The, the Bible tells us no one is saved by works but by grace lest any man should boast. Can you imagine somebody knocking on the gates of heaven this morning saying, God, let me in because I'm so good? Can you imagine? I believe some people would have that audacity. I don't. I know the reason I'm saved this morning has nothing to do with my goodness, but everything to do with what Jesus did on the cross. 1 Peter chapter 1, watch this, verse 18. Knowing, this is the question, do we know? Knowing that we were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. Adam and Eve said, let's grab some fig trees and fix this. God said, that's not going to work. You can't get to me through the way you want to get there. Today, church, thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions and even billions of people around the world are trying to get to heaven through their way. And God said, my way or the highway. Is God, Jesus is so exclusive. I mean, he, he leaves people out. No, God so loved the world that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But he's bold enough to say, I'm the way, 
I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and no one gets unto my Father except through me. I'm the gatekeeper. I'm the door because my blood is the access to heaven. My blood, Jesus says. And he has the power to say that. Not corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless or from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Lots of people today are doing all kinds of things to try to get to heaven and they don't even know anything about the blood of Jesus. It's not, not about those things. It has nothing to do with those things. What saves us this morning? The precious blood of Christ. Somebody say, that's it. That's it. Don't add. Don't take away. We're saved today because of the precious blood of Christ. That's why we are so Christ-centered, cross-centered, blood-centered, because that's what saves us. And it says, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now, as I close today, I want to, I want to teach you something very important. I believe you'd agree with me today that even if people have heard of the blood of Jesus, a lot of people have a head knowledge about the blood of Jesus. A lot of people have an understanding of the name of Jesus. But it's not enough to know of the name of Jesus. You have to claim the name of Jesus. You have to believe in the name of Jesus. You have to call on the name of Jesus. There's something that has to be done. It's not enough just to know. And this is given to us when we looked back at the Passover. And, and I want to close with a scripture here, but I want you to think back to the Passover again. We saw there in that, and if you've ever seen the movie or seen a show or seen any kind of video on it, you know how they had to do all these things leading up to where they did the most important thing was, was this. They had to put the hyssop down into the blood, and they had to physically apply it to the doorpost. Okay, you all following me on that? They Like paint. They had to paint that blood on the doorpost. And I don't know about you, but I would have painted a lot. I would have made sure there was a lot of it on there. Amen. Make sure he sees it. And so they had to apply that blood, and it says, whoever applies the blood to the doorpost will be saved. Today we have to understand that it's not enough just to know about the blood of Jesus. We have to apply the blood of Jesus. If those people would have sacrificed the animal and left the blood in the basin and not applied it to the doorpost, the blood on the ground wouldn't have done no good. Today, I believe there's a lot of religious people in the world that they might even say, I, I, I believe in the blood of Jesus, but they haven't applied it to the doorpost of their life. They haven't applied it to their home. They haven't applied it to their own life. They don't make a daily application to be covered by the blood of Jesus. And that is in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 to 9. Watch this. But if, if means I have to do something, and if I don't, I'm left with the if. But if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, then we're, we're applying the blood. We have fellowship with one another. Notice the if. Everybody see the if there? So if I'm not walking in the light... I'm trampling the blood instead of applying the blood. 
And she says, if we do, though, walk in light, we'll have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from, how many are thankful for that A-L-L word? You mean, but yeah, but pastor, you don't all sin. You, you don't know what I've done. All sin. You don't know how bad of a person I've been. All sin. He even forgave the criminal on his side who deserved and even at just a few minutes earlier mocked him and said, if you're the son of God, save yourself and us. Come off that cross. That same thief was forgiven of all his sins as he looked on Jesus. And he says in that next verse, watch this. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, Lord, I, I am a sinner. Lord, I fail. Lord, I make mistakes. Lord, I'm sorry for that thought. I'm sorry for that word. I'm sorry for that action. I'm, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Is anybody thankful for that this morning? All unrighteousness. Father, thank you for your blood, the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you today that my sins are forgiven not because I go to church a lot. That's good that I go to church a lot. Not because I read the Bible a lot. That's good. Not because I give to the church. That's good. Not because I pray. That's good that I do that. Not because I try to love my neighbor as I love myself. That's good, but that's not it. It's because of the blood of Jesus. Simply because of the application of the blood of Jesus, I apply it to my life. So that when you look at me, you don't see the sinner. You see the saint. And church, that will help somebody. As I just said that, something clicked in my spirit. Somebody needed to hear that. He doesn't see the sinner. He sees the saint. He sees you washed. He sees you clean. Some of you aren't even clean yet. He already sees you clean. He sees the end from the beginning. He sees who you're going to be. When you get a revelation of the blood of Jesus. He sees you cleaning yourself up and confessing your sins and, and realizing that you're lost without Jesus. And there's nothing you can do to get to heaven except believe on him. And then you and your house will be saved. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this church. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed online today. You're watching in different parts of the country, different cities, maybe even different parts of the world. As the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now in your car, at your job, in your living room, here in this sanctuary. The Holy Spirit of the living God is here. And the Bible says Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart today. And he's saying, let me in. I want to I be Lord of your life. We have to get to a place where we say, God, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. I've been bought with a price. I've been bought with the blood 
of Jesus. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I belong to you, Jesus. Today, all over this place, you can find salvation and you can find forgiveness and you can find purpose simply believing the life that's in the blood. Just as the blood flowing through your body right now cleanses your body from impurities and takes those impurities and moves them away from different organs in your body, the blood of Jesus can flow through your body today spiritually and He can cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. Right now, if you've not given your life to Jesus, you have spiritual AIDS. You are condemned to die and you are bound towards hell a place that was made for the devil and his demons. But we choose to go there because we reject the sacrifice of Jesus. We reject the, the lamb without spot or wrinkle. Today, don't reject him. Today, accept him. Put your faith in him and him alone. And the day that I stand before Jesus, I'll say nothing else but, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. Cover me. See the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, and not my sin. And I'll be led into heaven because of my faith in him because he's a ransom. He's my ransom. He's my redemption. He's my forgiveness. How many all over this place listening right now could say, I need to be saved. I need to be born again. Today is my day. Just lift up your hand and put it right back down and say, pray for me. I want to be saved. I see your hand. How many more? Put it up and put it down. I see your hand. I see your hand. How many more? I want to be saved today. Today is my day. The Bible says today is the acceptable day of the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. Today was written before you were ever even born that this day you would raise your hand and you'd say yes to Jesus. How many more? I'm going to wait just a moment. I don't want one person to walk out of this place unsaved. You're saying, you don't know what I've done. I've already told you it doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus died on the cross for that. All you got to do is say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jesus, for making those mistakes. I'm sorry for running. I'm sorry for trying to do things my way. From this day forward, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. He said to those disciples, come and follow me. Drop your nets and follow me. And they dropped their nets and they followed him. That's what Jesus is looking for today. Total surrender. What God asks for you, he'll give it back to you a million times in peace and joy and purpose. Today, don't think you're going to heaven because of the denomination you're a part of. Don't think you're going to heaven because of the church you belong to. Don't think you're going to heaven because of your good works. It's because of the blood of Jesus and the blood of Jesus alone. How many more? Pray for me, Pastor. I don't know what's going to happen to me if I don't change today. Some of you are saying, I'll do it next week. Next week's not promised. I see your hand, young lady. God bless you. How many more? I'm not going to wait. I feel the Holy Spirit tugging on some hearts this morning. Do you know Him? Not do you know of Him. Do you know Him? Is your name in the book of life today? Maybe you're here and at some point in your life, like I did when I was a young boy at eight years old, gave my life to Jesus, but then I backslid. I went back to the world. I, I left. I left Jesus. He never left me, but I left him. And I went back to my old ways. And the day I got saved, I knew that if I wouldn't have changed my life, I'd be in hell right now, without a doubt. 
Maybe you're here and you knew Jesus at some point today. Jesus is saying, I want, I want to be your master again. I want to be your Lord again. I want to be your purpose again. How many could say, that's me today? Just lift up your hands. I'm going to come home today. I want to come back to Jesus all over this place. I know there's hands raising online right now. I know there's people making a decision. Let's stand all across this congregation, would you? This is a very important moment. I want to ask you to do one more thing. I want to, make, I want to ask you to make a bold statement of faith. I want you to tell this whole world, and starting with this church, I believe in Jesus and I'm not ashamed of the gospel. If you raised your hand and you meant it, and you want to give your life to Jesus today, and you want to put your faith in that precious blood, just find the nearest aisle of where you're sitting and just come down here this morning. Just step out and come. Come on, many hands went up. Just step out. Don't wait for someone else to do it. Just come. Amen. They're coming. Praise God. Come on. Come on. Make room for them. Step out to that aisle. Amen. Come on. You raise your hand. Come on down. Come on, church. This is, this is about eternity. Thank you, Jesus. How many more? Come on. I saw some more hands go up. Let's go. Come on. Come make a statement to the devil. I believe in Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many more? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to say a prayer right now from our hearts. This is a biblical prayer. Those that are watching online, say this right now, and I promise you God will change your life. He doesn't promise you a perfect life, but he promises you a perfect God and a perfect eternity. When we get to eternity, it's going to be perfect. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. We'll suffer much tribulation on this earth, but the Lord will deliver us from everything. There's no greater walk than to walk with Jesus. Just say this after me, Lord Jesus, through your word this morning, I recognize I'm a sinner and I'm lost and I need a redeemer. Jesus, I confess to you the need of a Savior and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. That you died on the cross and shed your precious blood for my sins. Please forgive me. Wash me clean from all my sins. Make me a new creation. Take all the old things and make them new. From this day forward, I'm going to read your Bible and learn about you and serve you. And let you lead my life and give me a purpose. Take control today. And thank you for my name being in the book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, Go to our website at vwotexas.com.